Today, I'm joined by Andrew McConnell, the CEO of Rented.com, for our annual discussion of what's been happening in the vacation rental industry and in business over the past year and what we can look forward to in 2022. We're taking a slightly different stance on it this year, so listen in. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as you listen to this one, I'll be heading back to Gulf Shores. So I will have had Christmas at home and left behind all the drama. Oh my goodness, the drama up here in Ontario with Omicron and booster shots and shutdowns again. It's a little bit crazy. So I am super happy to be heading back down south again. Uh, I, I, oddly enough, I feel safer down there. It's, it's a less dramatic environment. I am grown up, so I, I know how to stay safe and we will be doing so. Anyway, so I'm also leaving, I'm also leaving the winter behind, which is another massive bonus. It was great to be home, in fact, with, uh, with the children and the grandchildren for, for, for Christmas spent some time with my sister and her family that came across from the US. So it was very nice to to get people together again, albeit in a once again restricted environment. But you know, hey, it is what it is. And I do not get uptight about this this sort of thing. You know, I tend to accept what comes my way. If I can't control it, then I am not going to get frustrated or upset or pissy about it in any way. I might have an odd moan here and there, but it's not going to impact me greatly. And one of the reasons for that is because that, that's just the way I am. That's the way that I treat situations when they arise. You know, if if there is no way that I can control it, then what is the point of getting upset about it? Um, I realized recently that I'm operating from a philosophy of stoicism. And I'd never really thought about it, but I had done some reading and came across meditations by Marcus Aurelius and Seneca's letters to Lucilius, which I am currently listening to on Audible. And these are teachings from a long, long time ago, way back in Greek and Roman times. And these are the philosophies that are at the root of the current mindfulness practices and value-based living that many people are adopting these days. So it it was so interesting when I spoke to Andrew McConnell from Rented.com quite a while back, and he talked about the fact that he also lives by many of the principles of, of Stoicism, so much so that he's written a book on it that will be published in June of 2022. And I'm really looking forward to that coming out. But it got, uh, it got me thinking about how we've been dealing with 
what's been happening in the last two years and how we can prepare for what's to come because who knows what's to come, but we can certainly make some preparations. So while Andrew and I are going to talk today about the state of the business in 2021, all the things that have been happening, the acquisitions and the impacts of COVID, etc., we're going to talk it through from a, a perspective of this philosophy and we'll see how it goes. Let's see how this discussion takes us. But I think it's going to be a really, really interesting one. So without further ado, let's move on over to my discussion with Andrew McConnell. Well, I'm delighted to have with me today Andrew McConnell from Rented.com for our annual chat, discussion, um, review of of the year that's just gone. And uh, I look forward to the next one. We've been doing this for a few years now. The last two years, we've introduced a six-monthly one as well, because things change. <laughs> We're changing so rapidly. And I, you know, I can't see that stopping either, Andrew. So uh, welcome once again from Bermuda. Thank you. It is wonderful to be back together. Post New Orleans, we actually got together in person. Um, got to have Heather uh, lunch with Heather as she received the Pioneer Award, one of three amazing women that were very deserving. And so it was it was an honor to be there with you and to celebrate that. And it's great to be with you again. Well, that was uh, that that was that was lovely. That was such a surprise and and such an honor. And I. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just I, I enjoyed having the time there. We had we had a good chat. How how was it for you being a gentleman? Uh, this is the second time at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. Lots of ladies there, and uh, not so many guys this time. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, actually, I was not there two years ago, so this was this was my first one, and well, I not. When I, we were oh. a sponsor, and we had a, a good representation oh. there. Okay. But I we deliberately just said, you know, we're not going to send too many men. So we, we're, we have X number of seats. We want all but one maybe uh, to go to women. And so I, I got to go this year as well as Jordan came from our team and we were able to bring some clients. And this was part of the write-up I did too of it, it was a women's summit, the women's summit. And that wasn't meant to say who was invited or not. It was just this entirely different perspective. And I think man, woman, otherwise, any human being benefits from that different perspective and what it brought to the conference. You know, one of the standout sessions for me was your session on hypnosis. I went in, I was like, I need to learn about what this is. And Heather, you know, asked who, who in here has been hypnotized? And like three people raised their hands. I was not one of them. And then she describes it like, oh my God, yes, I did. I, I had a whole program and with this sports psychologist that it was hypnosis. I just didn't know that was the label to put on it. But it just the types of sessions covered, the tone the sessions were covered in, I, I, totally different than any conference, uh, vacation rental or otherwise, I've ever been to. And what I found, so many people focus on, well, when you put a single gender on it, it's exclusionary. What I found surprising, and maybe shouldn't have, was how many first-time vacation rental conference attendees there were. Not first time to this event, not first time since COVID or for the year, but the first time these people had ever gone to an industry event. 
And so it was by putting that label on actually made it a new kind of inclusionary. It, it attracted people that were not attracted to every other event that came before. So I, I found it just lovely and fascinating and mm-hmm. super educational. And it was obviously great to see you and so many other friends. Yeah, I, I just, I absolutely loved it. And I, I loved the first one. The second one, I think Amy exceeded, uh, you know, all expectations. And the food was pretty darn good. Yeah. I still think about those Brussels sprouts. They were, they were really good that first day. <laughs> yeah, you can keep those. Um, <laughs> yeah, you like the high tea. <laughs> so, so this was, I mean, that was the first, uh, first event I've been to this year. So I, I talked to a lot of people about, you know, what the year has been like for them. But I know that you have been around and about this year to other conferences and have obviously talked to a lot of people. Um, you've also been very busy yourself in that you have completed your book. I did. Yeah. So it's now with the, the design team, which... I didn't realize how much goes into like every page exactly, you know, where a page cuts off and the next one comes on and image and how it's fitted and the labeling. And so that's its own phase apparently of book development, but yeah, finished all the writing, all the editing, got all the sign offs. And now it'll, it'll be set to release June 14th, 2022, get out of my head, finding modern clarity with stoic wisdom. I love that title. I have been reading all sorts of, books and listening to many audios about stoicism recently and I hadn't realized until I really got into this and, and it was you that actually reminded me of this but I know that there's been an Epictetus 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 yeah Epictetus quote that I've been using for years and years and hadn't really realized that this was this was stoicism which one you might say yeah, I can't remember which one it was. There's quite a few. Is it? Is it? Well, there is. There is one about attitude. I know Marcus Aurelius talked about attitude. Oh my gosh, I've got it up in my up in my office, and it says Epictetus, and I can't remember which one it is. Is it the bold? There is boldness about making decisions. I mean, there, there are a lot, but on even on the choosing the attitude, right? Of like the the thing within our control is the well, labels we put on things and. I mean, I, I, I bring it down to there is no such thing as good weather or bad weather. There is only weather and our reaction to it. And I know yeah. this. I know this as, we, as, we, as I sit here right now as the snow's falling down and, and thinking, you know, I'd, it, it really is pretty ghastly outside. And I know you looked out of the window just then. <laughs> You're looking out at your Bermuda sunshine. <laughs> No, so, so that's, I mean, that's the thing. So when you say the, the good or bad label, right? Like Shakespeare is the same in Hamlet. There's neither good nor bad, only our mind makes it so. And it, yeah, there's a book by uh, Tom Robbins that talks about, you kind of have this choice in life. You can complain about the weather or not be the kind of person that complains about the weather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what has complaining about the weather ever done for you? So today, when you say looking out the window, I'm looking out the window and it's, it's rainy and the waves are big, but I mean, I went for my swim and it was lovely, right? Like it was raining, but I was in the water anyway. So why why would it matter if it's raining? Um, And I know I muttered, I, I talked a lot about the weather last winter because we were here in Ontario and, and not down South in the sunshine, like I'd, I'd prefer to be. Oh, right. But we had such a good time. We had such a right. good time just just changing the, you know, we, um, again, I talked to my sister the other day about, 
we were out walking and it was blowing a gale and it was icy and we're all wrapped up. And we said, really, there is no such thing as bad weather. There's only bad clothing. <laughs> we, and bad attitudes. And bad <laughs> attitudes. So this is great. I can't wait for your book to come out. And that's June. I'm hoping for an advanced copy, of course, so, so that I can check it out beforehand and talk about it. But as I say, it, it, it prompted me to get back onto the Stoic, the Stoic bandwagon. And I've just finished reading The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And when I began to think about talking to you about our annual review of what's gone on in the year and what's coming, and I thought, well, this is just perfect because we have been presented with so many obstacles and some people have sailed through them and they've made the best of them. And, and I know in, in Holiday's book, he calls on so many historical figures who have dealt with challenges and obstacles and come out at the, uh, of the, other, at the other side even more successful than right. they were than they went in. And then there are those that just crumble under the onslaught of a challenge. So I thought we would we would look at what's happened in the vacation rental world over the last year. With that in mind, you know, how can we take what yeah. we've learned over the last year and go ahead with a, perhaps a different attitude? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think if you look back over the last 12 months, you really need to look back over the last 24. Because mm -hmm. if we think back to this conversation, and I, I remember an article I wrote December, like on December 24th or something last year. And it was all these people like, oh, I just can't wait for 2021, right? I'm so sick of 2020. I can't wait for 2021. And there was this question of what magically happens January 1st, right? Like we know what's happened since March, the world shut down and we're going on this roller coaster ride. And why do we think because of this arbitrary calendar date, that it's going to be this different world. And it didn't, right? Like it was a total roller coaster and we're in the midst of a roller coaster. Now we're talking about restrictions in Canada and invalidating insurance. And right now with Omnicron coming out, we have, we have no idea. Is our daughter going to go back to school when it's supposed to reopen in January? Are they shutting stuff down? It's, it's all open question. But like with any of it, the vacation rental industry or the world at large, they're the things I can control and the things I can't. And, you know, back to that serenity prayer, give me the wisdom to know the difference mm -hmm. so that I don't sit there and to use an English word, whinge about all these things I can't control, be it the weather or something else. Instead, I spend my time and my energy on the things I can't. And we look at what's happened over the past 12 months and as tough as it's been, you know, for the bigger companies, Airbnb, IPO is what, a $125 billion company. Turnkey managed to sell itself for $619 million. Vacasa went public by far, like at 2x mm -hmm. what HomeAway went public for when HomeAway went public with all Verbo and all those other sites. The market capitalization of Vacasa was twice that of what HomeAway's was. And then VTrip, Steve Milo raised a quarter million. Uh, you probably saw Avant Stay just raised $160 million. So if you look at, in some respects, say, oh, it's the worst of times. Yeah, it's still difficult for a lot of international markets. It's still difficult for urban markets. But there are others that they've never made more money. I mean, we have clients that are still astounded by the rates they're able to charge. And it's going into a fall off of that summer. It feels like 
oh my God, it's falling off a cliff. Everything's slowing down. But yeah, if you've been driving 120 miles an hour, 80 seems really slow. But if you're normally used to be driving 50, 80 is fast. Like put it in some perspective. And so that's that's one of the things. And I know everything I quoted was just kind of bigger companies. And I don't want to give the sense that that is all this industry is because 97% of properties are managed by management companies with less than a thousand properties. Those are the most obvious because they're public. But what I loved about the local manager is when all this stuff was happening and it seemed at its worst and you can't get through, people would say, I made it through four hurricanes in the last five years. I made it through the oil spill in the Gulf. I made it, you know, this is what we do. This is tough and it's tough personally, and I'm not going to gloss over that, but I can do hard things. And this is another hard thing, and I'm going to do it. And like you said, I'll be stronger on the other side because what's the, was the Epictetus one talking about what would Hercules have been without all the tests? You'd just been some strong guy sitting on the couch if you didn't have all these challenges. And so it's by getting all of these challenges that you see what you're capable of. And I think as an industry and as individual companies, we've seen people are capable of a ton. Like the amount of innovation has happened, the amount of growth has happened, the amount of self-improvement and how people hold themselves through. I mean, it truly is an opportunity. The obstacle can be the way if, if you allow it. It was interesting. I was talking to uh, David uh, Jacoby from hostfully last week and we were talking about the 2021 uh, hospitality report that yeah. hostfully produces and uh, looking at you know the, the growth strategies that people are that, that companies are are using and it was all very positive you know f- from individual independent hosts way up to the larger companies that people are looking for opportunities in every corner of this business you know, we've been hit by all sorts of things and it's, it's just like, you know, people are growing in strength yeah. and being able to harness opportunities as they come in. And I know for, for us as a company, we, we have been, well, we, we were closed down for much of um, the spring, winter and spring 2020. And again, in 2021, we were shut down this year from February through to, to June. Yeah. And there's a possibility it's going to happen again <laughs> this right. year. But we're already, because of what we've been through, already thinking, okay, so if that happens, what do we do? What do we use that time for doing? I mean, we're certainly not going to be furloughing staff this time. We're going to be putting them into other, you know, we're going to be exploring other opportunities. And one of them is is um, growth through owner acquisition, because that's something that's come out over the last six months with the amount of new properties that have been purchased. So it's a massive opportunity for us. And I know for others. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if there was one theme for the last 12 months, it's been money pouring in from Airbnb's IPO, which technically happened in 2020, but it was what, December 2020. So 12 months roughly from when we talked and Vacasa's, that Australian manager that IPO'd, et cetera. If you talk about 2022, the theme really seems to be unit, you know, inventory home growth, which is going to make it incredibly competitive. You have the reason Steve Milo got 250 million was to go buy companies and went and bought TaylorMade yeah. and uh, Racing, right? Like right. two very well-known, very big companies. And Vacasa said, "Oh, the reason we took 300 and whatever million in the IPO 
is because we want to grow to, I forget what the number is, 43,000 properties or something over the course of the year, that when you have 22% churn and you're losing 7,000 properties already, I mean, you have to go add a new, what, 13,000 homes. Like there's not a manager that big. And yet they're going to personally, that's their target. I just mm-hmm. talked to literally the call right before this was uh, someone that's going to a startup management company that their goal over the next 12 months is to go from zero to 5,000 homes. <laughs> buying them, buying the buying homes. Buying the homes. Fully, yeah, fully integrated, full stack. So they're going to be new models to it, right? Like Avant say that that's why there is money. They're trying to grow. They created a brokerage so that they could grow their inventory. And that is the world, whether you're big or you're a small local manager with 24 homes, you're competing in that world that all 24 of those homeowners are being targeted by your competitors because they're trying to grow. And as you said, there's a entirely new category of owner that's coming in because so many properties changed hands over the last 18 months. And it's an opportunity and it's an obstacle. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I don't, it's not that same homeowner I had a relationship with over the last 14 years. It's this new homeowner. But in that, what's the opportunity to get them on the same page of, well, I need full pricing control. I need to do this. I need to have the freedom to run my business here. If you want to work with me are the parameters, but doing that in a way that doesn't alienate them to have them run to somebody else because it's a competitive world. So it, I think that's, that's going to be the big theme for 2022 is that that competition for the homeowner. Yeah. So it certainly is in our area. Wow. Having, having said that, the, the volume is you know, really, really tells us there's more than enough to go around. More than enough homeowners. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that depends on the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where it is tough of, if you looked at, because this is a lot of analysis I've been doing recently, is the growth of the industry, right? So in 1999, vacation rental industry globally is roughly $40 billion. We get to 2010, it's roughly 85. We get to 2020, 2021, it's like 170. And then it's projected to get over 230 by 2024, 2025. So this is an industry that's doubling in size basically every 10 years. I mean, just throw it on $100 billion and more at a time. And most of that, most of it is not driven by new homes coming in. Most of it is driven by new guests coming in, much longer seasons, much higher prices. You look what you're able to get for an off-peak week in 2020 versus in 2003, I mean, night and day, and how many of those you could actually book. And so we've, we've had upticks other than urban supply. So Airbnb did have a step change in terms of shared accommodation and some of the urban supply that came online. But in traditional vacation rental, there hasn't been a ton more built and so some people who weren't renting before were starting to rent. So you got some growth in supply, but we may see a lot of that come offline too. Cause not everybody who bought a home in the past 18 months bought it to rent out. Some of them bought it as, Hey, this is now going to be my primary. I'm going to spend 80% of my time here and only 20% in the city. Some of them bought it as their COVID hedge of, Hey, if anything locks down again, I want to be able to have a place I can go run to. So I'm not going to open it up for rental. And so I think this is, I know somebody you speak to frequently as well. I mean, Steve Milo's big push of developers need to pour in. You almost can't build supply fast enough 
with how much demand has grown and continues to grow, supply just has not kept up with that increased demand, which means for now that competition for owners, I think is going to be fierce. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about what really was not surprising in 2021. What, what did come as a, as a surprise do you think that's perhaps been a bit more challenging? And I'm guessing I'm, I'm thinking more in the, in terms of, of hiring and, you know, sourcing housekeeping help and, and, and other things of that nature, because I, I think, I mean, I'm certainly for, for, from, for me, whether it was really, really naive and we thought, well, everybody's going to be out there wanting a job and because they've had all this time off and they want to get back into the workspace. But you know, for us, it's that that's not happened. And I'm, I understand, you know, certainly from what I've, people I've spoken to in the US that it was very similar for them. That's a cross industry. So this, this idea of the great resignation Right, that you hear about of people leaving jobs, not being able to fill vacancies, even flying it into New Orleans. I, I don't know if you know this, but none of the restaurants in the airport were open. And my Uber driver said, Yeah, I mean, every newspaper everywhere, they're advertising, please come work in the airport. Like no one's coming there to work. And it may be some exposure of like, look, if all these travelers coming in, I don't know if they're positive, et cetera. Like I, I don't want to work there. Or in general, people just not ready to go back. And hindsight is always 2020, right? So in the time come February, March, 2020, people are all worried they're going to have a job at all. And you think people are willing to take anything. Then there's tons of stimulus. There's crazy inflation, competition. Everything's growing so much faster and it's flipped on its head. And in some ways, looking back, you can say, well, maybe that makes a little more sense. Um, X number of excess deaths. So there are fewer people in general going out for these. There's more stimulus. So people have more money in their pocket. They haven't been able to go out and spend it, right? Mm-hmm. Restaurants and cities were closed. You couldn't go spend any money. So you have a little more cushion than you would in the past. And a number of companies didn't do great by their employees, right? Mm-hmm. Laying them off immediately. As soon as there was any danger and say, okay, well, fine. You're, you're just, you're going to take all the risk, no paycheck for you. Right. And in that world, you, you might burn some bridges that people don't necessarily trust you for the next time around. And it makes it that much harder because just like it's competitive for homeowners, it's competitive for talent, right? Mm-hmm. There are places people can work. And like with kind of any crisis or any innovation, new models come out. So it's what existed 12, 24 months ago isn't what's going to exist 12 or 24 months from now. now. Those people will find jobs. It may be in totally different industries, Right, if we think we're having a hard time. Hotels, it's got to be really tough on on so many different fronts. Of how many people really want to stay in a hotel versus a vacation rental? On these kind, of, when you're given this choice and doing the longer kind of travel and working as part of it, and so I think in some ways, when we had an industry that was doubling in size every decade, we had these big companies coming in helping attract new guests. We were riding a wave. We were very fortunate as much as other things were difficult and we still have a lot of trends playing in our favor, but it's also going to be, there's some competition coming. It's going to be trickier. The, when you say the surprise, the other one, and this is funny, you, you may think it's funny that I think it's a surprise, 
because we talked about it so long ago on regulation. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, the fact that when you're in a world where you so desperately need tourism dollars to come in and support it, where you have local businesses dependent on this to happen, just how negative some of the regulatory moves have been recently through this have been kind of surprising to me. I, I would have thought they'd say, hey, no, these, these people are local too. Look what they do in bringing into the community. I've been, I wasn't surprised historically, but just how negative it's been kind of the last 24 months, 12, 24 months, uh, like Colorado and some of these other places, that actually has surprised me a bit. I, I didn't think it would get this bad. It, it's certainly bad here. It really yeah. is. On the one hand, we have our provincial government that has put in place what they call the Ontario Staycation Tax Credit, so that if somebody books a cottage rental at any time in 2022, from January through December, they will get a tax credit, which is up to $400 on their stay. So that's on the one hand, the government is there saying, we want people we'll to stay that. here. We want them to come and enjoy our wonderful countryside. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you've got municipalities and townships and dozens of them who are trying to restrict this altogether. You know, say, we don't want rentals at all. And it, I mean, I've said, I think the phrase comes out on a, on a lot of occasions. It has come out on a lot of occasions. This just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. And, and it's, yeah. Yeah, these I mean, in our townships and municipalities, it's, it's generally driven by hotels and resort owners. Who They are those who actually reside in these areas. So they are those who get onto the local councils and who have, uh, you know, the authority to, to at least put these types of restrictions out for discussion and bring in those who are vehemently anti-rentals, and yeah. therein that movement starts. And then on the other hand, the Ontario government says, no, no, off you, off you go and enjoy these rentals, which, which our municipalities are saying we don't want. Yeah, the left hand doesn't always know what the right hand's doing. Yeah. Uh, and they don't necessarily coordinate. But it, when you're saying it doesn't make sense, it, this is where I think humans in general are pretty terrible at secondary effects, like really understanding if I do X, great, X happens, but then what all cascades down from there uh, with laws or anything else. And when you start talking about multiple different players, province versus municipality versus hotels versus the local homeowners that don't necessarily live there, it's just so many moving variables of what are the implications if they won, right? Could you win that battle as a hotel and lose the war because what you got was hey people really wanted to come to this area and now they can't stay in a vacation rental so they're going to stay in a hotel but maybe the hotel because consumer demand has shifted so much the default was we came for a vacation rental and we only got the trickle over for this big event that would go stay in these hotels and by banning all the short-term rentals people just find a new location mm -hmm. that didn't do that and so the hotel is just as harmed as before, if not more, because they're not getting the overflow and the municipality is losing all that tax revenue from the stays, from the people who are going to be there and would have gone to restaurants and, and done things in the town. So it's, 
it's unfortunate, but it's human nature. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I spent a lot of time in uh, New Orleans with the Rent Responsibly team. What, yeah, you know, such great. a great team they are, and just talking about the issues that we have, and and it was almost you know comforting to you know. To, <laughs> Not sure I should use that word. Comforting to hear that, you know, this is the same thing that's happening in Colorado, almost exactly the same yeah. with all these different pockets, with the different, um, you know, different regulations that each one is is generating. So it, it basically came down to, you know, let's let's learn together, let's network, let's find out who's doing what and who's doing it well and see if we can extrapolate from that into, you know, a different location. So we'll be, we'll be learning from Dana Lovner. Yes, yeah. for sure, and uh, and see how it goes. But you know, we'll probably have a quiet time January to June. We can, we can we can really you know that that's our opportunity. We're really going to work on the uh, on the on the regulations. Yeah, that's that is. I mean, back to the obstacles way. Like, okay, well, I can't do this now. That just uh, the other attitude I could take is I just got all this time that I can now go get ahead of this other issue. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly, exactly, and that that is that, that sort of takes me on, in fact, to my you know sort of third question here. What you know, while we can take practical measures to deal with what next year might throw at us, and we don't know what's what's going to happen, what's going to be on what's what's beyond on 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 Omicron, on Omicron, <laughs> Omni, yeah, Omicron. Anyway, what what's beyond it? Is it you know net, yet another letter that that we haven't encountered yet? <laughs> New, new alphabets. Yeah. yeah. Or is it going to be I, in the back window? So, you know, how can business owners prepare for the emotional impact? We can do the practical stuff, but what about the emotional impact that this is bringing? Because we've all been so strong for so long. How long can we continue to do this? Yeah. I, so this, I go back a little bit and you've probably seen the same one of, you know, General Stockdale, he was the, the highest serving naval commander that was kept as a prisoner of war in Vietnam. And he was shot down. And as he was taking his parachute down, landing in Vietnam, he says to himself, I'm now entering the land of Epictetus, mm-hmm. right? Where I can't control anything but my own, like my, my own attitude, my own thoughts. And when years later, he was interviewed of who made it and who didn't. In that situation, because tons of people die, right? Being tortured over and over. And he said, Oh, it's easy. It was the optimists that died. So the optimists died. I thought, you know, manifest, put something good out in the world and we're going to be great. And he's like, Well, no, let me tell you the difference. The optimists would say, Oh, we're going to be out by Easter. Mm-hmm. And then Easter would come and they weren't out. And they say, Okay, we'll, we'll be out by 4th of July. And 4th of July come, they weren't out. Then, same Christmas. And then they eventually died of a broken heart. The flip side was Victor Frankl, mm-hmm. who was in the concentration camp. And he thought he was saying the people who passed away were those that gave up hope, which seems the exact opposite, right? Like, wait, so those that gave up hope, you would think are the pessimists, the other side. And he, he, when he was standing up, he was asked to go speak to the other prisoners to try to like rally the troops to get them to get going. And he said, when he stood up, he estimated his own chances of survival as one in 25% chance of surviving. And they're not really at odds, right? So just as Stockdale was saying, hey, me, just like uh, last year saying, I can't wait for 2021 to come of like this magical thinking that everything's going to be different. And what, if I can just get to January 1st, everything's going to be easy again, but you don't control that. 
just like Victor Frankl saying, hey, I have a 5% chance of making it. I, I can't control if they're going to release me, just like I can't control when the cat, when the, uh, the liberators come break me out of this concentration camp. And so if we stop, we have to be strong because our expectations aren't being met at when X is going to be over, when we can get life back to normal, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But if you remove all expectation from it, saying, as CJ Stam told me in, in Charleston, we're still living in the 1918 flu pandemic. It's just the flu keeps evolving, right? It's a virus that evolves every season. We have to go get a booster shot, this, that, and the other. Like, if we stop thinking of, oh, I can't wait till this is over, mm-hmm. and say, no, this, all that life is, is now. There's no over to any of it. All there is, is life and the life that I'm living right this second. Then we don't have to be strong to have our expectations shattered because we built up this castle in the clouds of what is magically going to happen on X date or after Y amount of time, because we can't control any of that. No one actually knows. I can get a panel of the 10 most brilliant scientists in the world, and they're all going to disagree on what it's going to look like in six months. No one actually knows. Anyone can say, but what you can know is you're not going to know. So stop setting expectations for it and live the life that you're given. Uh, it goes, I, I use the expression in, in the um, presentation I gave that, that your point of power is in the moment. It's in the now. And if you spend more time in the now rather than dwelling on, on what happened that was so bad in the past or the anticipation of what may or may not happen in the future, you're not maximizing you know, your own power. Yeah. It's a thick vet nen or something is a, this Buddhist monk who said, it's not Descartes. I think therefore I am. It's, I think too much. Therefore I'm not there to live my life. I'm not there to live now. So stop overthinking the past or the future and live now. That's all you have. Yeah. I, I, I just, I love the, I mean, to me, that's, that's super practical. I think those people around me would say, that is again Pollyanna. It's a Pollyanna viewpoint, but but really, you know, it comes down to you know creating your own happiness, and and that's what I see as Stoicism being. It's you know where where did I read this? It's a philosophy for minimizing the negative emotions in your life and maximizing your gratitude and joy, and includes includes mindfulness practices and value based living, a tool to amplify your human experience both internally and externally. I really like that. I think that to me is a blueprint for, for not just, you know, living a personal life, but for living a business life. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the reality is it's all life, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's for living your life. And so it, your life is encompassed of all these aspects, your family, your friends, your business, your health, everything that goes into it. And so absolutely it is, if you want to say it, it it's philosophy for living. Mm-hmm. Well, oh gosh, I can't believe this time has gone. <laughs> um, let's just go practically forward. Do you have any predictions? Are you going to make any predictions for, for, for 2022? Apart from the fact that, you know, we can't predict anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one prediction is given the amount of money that's poured in, given the growth targets people have, there are going to be some local managers that are going to come out of this next year very, very well. <laughs> the multiples per contract, the multiples on EBITDA are not going to stay flat. 
I think you're going to see some people, this is an amazing time to cash out. So if your goal is make as much money as possible and you've built a business, you're tired, like this would be a very good time to do that. The flip side is looking at those numbers and where the industry is going for every one of those companies that sells, there are five other people that say, that's an amazing opportunity. I'm going to go start a company that does that. <laughs> right. And so I think we're going to see way more companies by the end of the year. So no matter how many acquisitions there are, we're going to exit the year with way more companies than we started with because there are all these new homeowners that are up for grabs. There are all these homeowners that are churning because companies are being bought and changing hands. And we've had a roller coaster past year, past two years, past 20 years. And I think the spikes and lows are going to get higher and lower for, for a while yet. So that, that is my prediction. It's going to be increasingly competitive, but the rewards are going to be so high that it's going to attract more and more people into mm -hmm. our industry. Well, thank you for that. Do, do you have any, uh, we mentioned a few quotes from Epictetus, from Marcus Aurelius, and, and mine is, is one that we've touched on. You have power over your mind, not, out, not outside events. Realize this and you'll find strength. That is one of my favorite quotes. And that is Mar that's from Marcus Aurelius from Meditations. And by the way, I'm going to, th there'll be links to, to everything, you know, go buy these books, go buy Meditations, go buy, if you haven't read In Search of um, uh, A Man's Search for Meaning, by Viktor Frankl. It's a tiny book. It's one I've read every year, I think, for the past 30 odd years, along with other weird books that I read <laughs> annually. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a phenomenal one. It, it is so good. Yeah. So, um, and uh, of course, uh, the, the Obstacle is the Way, Ryan Holiday, uh, an Im immensely readable book, really readable book. I'm sure your book too will be readable. I, I hope so. I mean, it's, it really is trying to get away. I'm not an academic, right? I'm not a professor. And so what it is, is trying to take these principles and then illustrate them with real life contemporary examples. Because it's one thing to say, well, here's Churchill and here's Lincoln. You're like, I'm not Winston Churchill. I'm not Lincoln. Like, what kind of bar are you holding me to? And so I, I take contemporary amazing people. So the guy uh, who ran a very select team at the Navy SEALs, Bernice King, Dr. MLK, MLK's daughter, the founder of DocuSign, the lady who went from being a Hooters server to now president of Athletic Greens and was president and COO of you know, 15 different food brands. And so try to take people today of here's how they're doing this real time and what it looks like when put in practice with some very tactical you know, worksheets and templates of here's some exercises literally to be able to go do this. So it's trying to tie the, the kind of heady principles with how do you actually live it? Because it doesn't, philosophy is meaningless. It, it's life that matters. Well, I will make sure that um, around about June, <laughs> we, well, of course, June is the time that we have our, our six-month check-in. So that will be a, a good time to perhaps do a full review of the I'll have to make thing. sure you have a copy in your hand when we do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Signed, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. You may end up with a physical copy before I do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Andrew, it's been as as ever um, fantastic to have this have this discussion. I think one of the best we've had so far, and really enjoyed it. And I hope that we catch up again in person uh, in the next year or so. I would love to. Yep. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. It's, Good to see you. It's been a pleasure.
Well, thank you so much, Andrew McConnell, as ever. Uh, really inspiring chat. And we were definitely on the same wavelength. I'm going to get my kids to stop calling me Pollyanna. I will come up with some other other phrase that that gives a little bit more credence to to my positivity and joy and zest for living. Well, maybe we'll use maybe we'll use some time over this festive period to come up with something. Um, but always, yeah, absolutely, always a pleasure to uh, meet up with Andrew every six months and to look uh, look back, look ahead. Uh, I love the idea that growth, you know, inventory growth is going to be the thing of 2022. Uh, it's certainly, if I look back from September to December in, in our own business, yeah, it's, uh, it, it definitely is the, uh, it's, you know, it's been the high point. So hopefully that will continue uh, through the course of the early part of 2022 so that we have even more inventory to share with the high demand that there will be for vacations uh, in Ontario in the summer. So that is, uh, that's it for 2021. As we head into 2022, we will be hitting the um, million downloads probably at the end of January. I'll make some sort, I might actually, might actually just do a live. I'll probably do a live on that day. So come and join us on Facebook on our Facebook group, which is the business of short-term rental and property management. I love this group because in the two years, nearly two years it's been going, I actually started it when we were in Texas a couple of years ago, just, just, just about the time as the, uh, the pandemic started and started that group. And in that two years, we have not had a, I have not had cause to ban anybody from the group or ask anybody to moderate their language or to be kind. It is, I, th- I think, by far one of the best groups I have come across on Facebook for people helping people. And I have seen somebody who is entirely new to the business just come in and ask a question and all the seasoned independents and property managers are giving them really super helpful advice. Something that I never had when I started out in this business way back in the in, in 2002 to 2003 when I started my property management company. Uh, so for people... As, as Andrew was saying, lots more people coming into property management right now. So if you want that sort of help and good networking, then please come join us at uh, on that Facebook group. And I'll put a note of that on the show notes, as will everything else that we've, all the books we talked about today. And uh, a link, of course, to Andrew McConnell at rented.com. Joe, for the, for the first time since we've been doing this, I didn't ask Andrew just to give his sort of bit, sort of the elevator pitch for rented.com. So I will do it right now. Rented, and I'm talking from their About Us page at rented.com. So Rented is a team of dedicated vacation rental professionals with over 50 years of combined experience in managing marketing and pricing vacation rentals. With diverse backgrounds and unique skill sets, we're passionate about helping our clients grow their business by offering our revenue management services an automated rate tool to enable every property management company to benefit from dynamic pricing, maximize revenue, and and then it says, and relax, it's rented, which is their strap line. So if you need 
any more information, you can connect directly with Andrew McConnell. And his email address is a at rented.com. How easy can that be? That's a at rented.com. And I'll put a, a link to rented.com and Andrew's address, uh, email address on the show notes. Okay, that's it for that's it for another week. That's it for the year. I will see you in 2022. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.